the swag out them boss. And welcome to that, another episode of the Toyo and Geek Podcast uh, by Watch Style. Like where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance. Coming back one more time, and let's not waste any time and jump into the download. Now, this week, it is the week before the release of Forza Horizon 5. And with that, we have seen a plethora of reviews and many hailing it as one of the best games of this current generation, i.e. the PlayStation 5 Xbox Series generation. And while I have never been a humongous racing game, I have dabbled in the previous installments of Forza, particularly Forza 3 and excuse me, Forza Horizon 3 and Forza Horizon 4, in addition to Forza Horizon, excuse me, just Forza 6. Now with that, it's not out yet for us mere peons, uh, it doesn't come out until November the 9th, but I did stumble upon a free-to-play game, and this is a game that many of you are probably familiar with, uh, especially if you are an avid mobile gamer, and this is Asphalt 9 Legends from Gameloft. Now Asphalt is a, I guess legendary is the way of putting it racing series that has been on android since android has been android and with the more recent consoles gameloft has put or ported the game onto modern systems as a free-to-play game much like his mobile counterpart so i ended up downloading it the other day and i have to say i was pleasantly surprised at how fun it was now mind you it is no forza anything but for a free-to-play game, the races are really short. It kind of reminds me of Burnout and Need for Speed if they had a baby sort of thing. But it was fun, graphically speaking. It it was pretty enough from something that was ported from a mobile device. And we know some mobile games look damn good nowadays. But it is a fun game to play and especially for free don't get sucked into buying all the packs and blueprints and all that stuff but the the races are really short and i like that it's a good get in get out sort of game especially when you're looking for something just to sit down and play have a little fun with for 10 to 20 minutes even a half hour and then go back to whatever it is you were doing if you just want a quick fix of gaming asphalt 9 legends is definitely a perfect game for you to get into and in this case I believe it's probably available for all systems in addition to your mobile phones so definitely take a look if you're looking for a, a fun racing game that has elements of the classic burnout series and need for speed series and you know something won't cost you any money definitely look at asphalt 9 Legends. Now, let's keep it in the gaming realm as we start our short takes. Now, I am not a humongous fan of the Dark Souls roguelike type games. I just, something I can't get into. But there is something about Elden Ring that really grabs me. Now, Elden Ring is a game that's coming out from from software who developed the dark Souls series and george rr martin the creator of game of thrones and it looks like it could be a dark souls ish type game set in this new fantasy world uh for those that know uh 
you can already figure out why just from the um from the jump why i'm interested in this game even though it's not my normal uh style of game but just because of that reason alone i'm interested in at least uh giving it a go and seeing how like oh just owning it just because uh so it'll be interesting but i'm i'm excited for this game when it comes out next year i'm really looking forward to maybe it's i'll be pleasantly surprised with this gameplay i'm hoping it's not as uh difficult or as hard on gamers as the dark souls game is i at this point in my life i'm very much about just having a game to play to have fun to really enjoy the story i'm looking for enjoyment i'm not looking for a game that's really going to beat my behind and make me uh make me find every single nook and cranny to find this combo that combo to win just in general like i just want to be able to play and have some fun with it that's it so i'm hoping it's more toward that type of game than the uh difficulty spikes of the dark souls games nothing wrong with difficult games it's just that at this point in my gaming career that's not what i'm looking forward to um at all when i sit down to play a game i just want to have fun and it's hard to have fun when you keep losing and dying because the game is just so oppressively oppressingly maybe i'm getting this words wrong anyway difficult uh where you can't even enjoy it so that's elden ring and from there, I'm going to move to something I meant to talk about last week, but I didn't get a chance to. Netflix released the full trailer for the live-action Cowboy Bebop series. And I'm not sure if it's necessarily a remake. Um, and I will tell you, with some of the shorts that came out before the official trailer, I was a bit hesitant. I'm a, I'm a humongous Cowboy Bebop fan. I remember back in grad school with being on Adult Swim and really falling in love with it. Then I loved it so much, and this is for anyone who's younger than probably 25, 30, maybe, uh, where we could not get these things in a video store um, that prevalently or that uh, they weren't available. So I literally have a fan dubbed copy that I bought off eBay uh, DVDs. I have that and Big O uh, and, and Evangelion uh, movies as well back in there because they weren't available in America uh, in any retail store. So I love Cowboy Bebop so much back then that I bought it and it's one of those anime series I can just watch over and over and over again. So uh, I'm excited for, I was excited when they announced a live action series and now after seeing the trailer, and seeing more of the style they're going for it's not a gritty remake recreation it's very much in that vein of still trying to keep the bright colors and cartoony aspects of a cartoon or of an anime um, and bringing it to live action so i'm wondering how much of a direct episode for episode retread the series is going to be or how many changes they're going to make to make it work for a live action series but also new eyes that are going to be watching cowboy bebop for the first time because of or i should say being introduced to the characters of cowboy bebop for the first time because of this series and the prominence that netflix is giving it in its advertising and so on and so forth so uh, the trailer looks good i'm excited uh, i can say for it i still have some 
trepidation about it, but trailers are trailers, series or full shows are something totally different. So I am uh, looking forward to actually being able to sit down and to watch the series when it comes out later on this month. Uh, that's something I'm definitely looking forward to. Speaking of trailers that the first ones I wasn't that hot on, but now I'm like, okay, Morbius. I believe it is two years. I think it was two years to the day I was reading from the release of the first Morbius trailer. We got the trailer for the second Morbius trailer where we actually see Morbius as Morbius and you get a whole lot of Easter eggs to connect it into that Sony Spider-Man universe with name dropping Venom and of course um, Adrian Toomes is there who was seen as the Vulture played by Michael Keaton in Spider-Man Homecoming as well as if you remember the first trailer there was a picture of Spider-Man on an alley wall and murderer written across the picture but of course it was the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man if I remember correctly not the um, Tom Holland Spider-Man so I am interested in Morbius. Morbius is one of those Spider-Man characters who I never would have thought I would have cared about seeing a live action movie. I'm still on the fence of whether or not I care about seeing a live action movie about Michael Morbius. He's a, a good character, a great character. Is a character I want to see a movie about? Eh, probably not. Uh, it's weird. I think the animated series back in the 90s really fleshed out his character a whole lot um, and really made him a sympathetic villain. And I think if you are able to, and I don't know if that's on Disney Plus or not, but watch the Spider-Man the animated series from from the 90s to really get a really good digestible understanding of Morbius and the duality of that character and his struggles but uh, with the way Sony has been fleshing out their Spider-Man universe with um, Venom Let There Be Carnage and then with Spider-Man uh, No Way Home coming out which depending on rumors you hear are going to be uh, connecting things it's looking to be very interesting for uh, the Sony Spider-Verse as we go forward and it also begs that question is Spider-Man going to stay in the MCU and frankly at this point I don't care but that's a podcast for another day let's get to another short take in this case Disney released the book of Boba Fett trailer uh, I find it interesting I'm not the uh, I guess biggest fan of this whole thing i've never got into that mystique and that lore of boba fett growing up boba fett it's so weird he was this character that was like the coolest of the cool but you didn't see anything about him because he literally was in two movies and his biggest scenes he got beat up and died in return of the jedi at least when i grew up obviously the sequels or the prequels gave more of his origin story with Django and then ultimately Boba Fett and then obviously with the second season of The Mandalorian we saw his return and uh, more of what happened to him since Return of the Jedi I'll say I will I'll probably watch it I'm not like oh my god it's Boba Fett I've, I've never been that way about that character so but it's Star Wars and, and the one thing about the TV Star Wars series they're good um, not the, the sequels or the prequels but the TV Star Wars series are good so if you're looking for your Star Wars fix I expect uh, Book of Boba Fett to be on par if not uh, just a notch below the Mandalorian so if you want your Star Wars fix you'll definitely get it that way and then lastly is a trailer that I saw today that 
I was surprised about because I knew nothing about this movie uh, whatsoever and it just happened upon my timeline and as a child of the 80s I definitely relate to the whole premise of this movie and this movie is called 8-Bit Christmas and it's coming out uh, later this year it's uh, being theaters and on HBO Max and it stars the one and only uh, Doogie Howser Neil Patrick Harris as he recounts his story of trying to get a Nintendo Entertainment System in 1988 or 87 or the late 80s as he says and he's recounting this story to his children and it is absolutely the trailer is absolutely hilarious because a gentleman in his 40s I think I received my Nintendo I want to say 80 is probably 87 or 88 one of those two years um, so I definitely understand that playing Nintendo at everyone else's houses before you got yours and, and trying to figure out a way to get your own and it's it's one of those movies for a Gen Xer like me I definitely relate to so I, I definitely think that's something I'm going to want to watch and and share uh, with those younger than me so they understand the struggle of what it was like back in the 80s trying to play video games and trying to get your own system now you walk in the house as an Xbox a Wii or a Switch or another Xbox and it wasn't like that back in the day so yeah 8-bit Christmas is definitely something that's not on your radar it should be on your radar and with that we're going to take a break and then come right back and we're back now one of the things i haven't gotten a chance really to do on the podcast is talk tech talk tech gadgets so on and so forth first of all because i don't really buy anything and i'm not of that upper crust where i get uh, companies sending me devices to review however uh, due to uh, circumstances this week, I was able to get my hands on the new Google Pixel. Now, I am a phone geek, and, and frankly, if there is anything I geek out about right now, it will probably be a folding phone, especially uh, the Surface Duo. Uh, is it the Duo? Yeah. And the uh, Samsung's phone. I just think the whole folding thing is really revolutionary. And just the leaps and bounds they're making with each generation. I think are uh, that those changes are really going to be what's going to revolutionize, revolutionize uh, phones in the next five years or so. Because I've been tired of just the way phones have looked. Uh, really, the iPhone fucked everything up. Um personally speaking as far as design wise everybody wanted to ultimately copy the iphone windows phone died and everybody's like okay let's just make it look the iphone because that's the one that's you know pretty much the market share so it just became this slab and it's been uninteresting and boring and so yeah i i'm really into the phone controls from a tech geek sort of perspective but the P google Pixel 6 and the Pro 6. Now, mind you, I only have, or I've only been able to test the Pixel 6. Has really impressed me. It'll give you some quick specs. It has a 6.4 inch uh, screen, 1080p, uh, 50 megapixel camera, 8 gigabytes RAM, uh, and it has a 4600 milliamp um, battery. So, one of the biggest to do is about the 
Google Pixel is that it features Google's own proprietary chip. So no longer are they utilizing Qualcomm's off the shelf, off the shelf. Uh, I guess in this case it would be eight. 80 series of chips with the newest chipsets out now so they're going it on going it on they say it's using their own chip is going to have uh give them a better artificial intelligence response in coordination with the android operating system on your phone uh i haven't had it that long to really say yes or no but hey uh it does well so far now one of the biggest things and this is my first device i've had ever that hasn't had an SD slot. Now it comes in two flavors, 128 gigs and 256 gigs. The one I've been able to use lately is 128, which is a lot of space and a lot of storage. Uh, and my old device I was using, it was 64 gigs and then I had a 64 gig SD card in it. So I was rocking 128 and in many respects after four years or so a lot of that was getting filled up so you will fill up your battery space eventually and i think google is also giving you uh i think it's 100 gigs of storage um with the pixel uh, for free so ultimately you get an extra 100 gigs um, on top of that so overall review i'm really enjoying the phone the time i've been utilizing but one caveat it gets warm when Depending on your functionality, but with a lot of things I've been doing, um, I've photo edited or video edited on the phone. I have um, run multiple apps at the same time, really intensive apps, and it does have a. Um, it does get hot at times. Not like oh my god, it's touching my, it's burning my hand hot, but it does get warm. And I'm wondering if over time it'll get better or it'll get worse, considering how new the phone is. Uh, the screen is gorgeous. The camera is gorgeous too. It, it is really good. I haven't had a chance to really test it out, especially to do any filming with the camera. But pictures I've taken, even pictures at night um, in the darkness, have been pretty doggone good. Uh, so I am very impressed with the Pixel 6 uh, as it is right now. And over the next coming weeks and months, I'll probably come back and give a full in-depth review of Axie using it as a data driver for an extended period of time because right now it's only been a couple of days since i've been able to really use the phone and put it to its places or through its paces and you can't really get a good assessment of a device after three or four days you really need to uh, have it for a good two weeks to 30 days to really know how well it's going to work for you in the long run but overall the battery life is great uh, i remember i was driving and i was had a pretty decent drive no charge because i didn't have a usb-c cable in my car uh with the multiple apps going mapping in addition to uh, pandora and spotify playing through the radio with the screen brightness on to about 75 to 80 percent after a two-hour drive i think i was only down to about 80 percent 80 to 75 percent of that battery uh, so I thought considering I was really pushing the paces especially with the screen screen brightness especially for a screen like this is gonna you know you're going to draw on that battery so I thought that was pretty good of pretty intensive uh, usage only dropped um, about 20% with, with the screen that bright and everything else going on 
So I and also taking a couple of phone calls during that time as well. So I, I'm impressed with the Google Pixel 6 thus far. I'll come back in about a week or two to give my full review of the device. Now, last week I talked about the unfortunate circumstances with Ring of Honor Wrestling. I swear it's like it's hard to be a wrestling fan sometimes because the WWE just just as of the day of the recording of this podcast released almost another dozen wrestlers actually is a dozen or two dozen it's a lot yeah it's almost a dozen wrestlers and i'm going to reel off the list really quickly uh, a lot of them i think was nine nxt and then seven from the main roster are from smackdown i believe so we got keith lee don't comprehend that one. Nia Jax, Karrion Cross, Grand Malik, Lindsay Dorado, Eva Marie, B Fab, Harry Smith, Scarlett Bordeaux, Onu Lorcan, Frankie Moneri, Ember Moon, Mia Yim, Trey Baxter, Jesse Crema, Crimea, Jeet Rama, Zeta Ramir, and Katrina Cortez. So some of the latter names, Baxter, Kamir, Rama, and Ramir, I'm not overly familiar with from NXT. I believe not a lot of them worked um, matches. When it comes to Frankie Monet, when they switched to NXT 2.0, I knew she was gone. There was there was no place for her. And that indie wrestler who had built up the name around the world in NXT anymore. And that's what NXT 2.0 was all about, really being that development territory that it used to be before it became the best indie wrestling promotion on the planet uh, so I knew she was going to be released I was hoping actually it would take her and bring her to the main roster and possibly pair her uh, with her husband John Morrison but alas that will never happen uh, BFAB I don't get this one they just brought Hit Row to Smackdown uh, it feels weird not having her there and storyline wise there's so many things they could have done with the four of them especially having a female uh competitor really to bolster that that faction in ways that the new day and other male dom or male only factions couldn't so i'm surprised at that and i really understand she just signed a new contract like last week or something like that so that's really really strange that said hit row is was really i was excited to see what they did with hit row on smackdown and not so much anymore since bfab is gone uh grandma leak and lisa dorado they'd asked for releases before even marie she just came back and now she's gone again okay want want harry smith was weird because he just re-signed in July. Harry Smith is the son of the great uh, wrestler, uh, the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. He just came back in July, so I don't understand. He never even wrestled on TV. Ember Moon, she never was the same after she came up from the main roster and got injured, in my opinion. Uh, Miriam, I love me some Miriam. They totally underutilized her. When they did their whole... Man, it's so forgettable now. I don't even remember the the faction she was in when she was reckoning or whatever her name was i forget i'm getting old they 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 screwed that whole storyline up and screwed her up but miriam is awesome she'll land on her feet somewhere uh only looking uh, he was great too in nxt uh let's see but let's get to the top three in my opinion keith lee how do you screw up keith lee uh keith lee his tagline like he's you know basking his glory he's limitless he is he's like keith lee is a star how do you release a star like Keith Lee? Karrion Cross, Killer Cross. It's weird. I have 
been a fan of Cross since Lucha Underground. I watched Lucha Underground to see him and a whole bunch of other people, Ricochet, uh, Killshot, aka I think he's Swerve now. He's Swerve in um, Hit Row. You know, a lot of cats that I saw there, I followed to other promotions. Uh, same with Scarlett, his fiance or wife. I forget which one she is at the moment. Uh, she was released as well. I did not read her name for some reason. So I, um, they'll land on their feet. I feel like Impact may be a good place for them to land, especially Scarlett. She seemed to really thrive there. Um, I think that with the current uh, roster of Impact, especially with Moose being champion, I would love to see Cross go up against Moose uh, at some point in time for the Impact Championship. So I think that would be awesome. But I, I, I don't understand. He has such a dominant run in NXT, and he got to the main roster, and Vince got hold of him, and we're like, what are you doing, Vince? Like, you you had the template for how to really book this guy. But you wanted to do it your way, and you screwed it up. And you released him because you couldn't do anything with him. Because your idea sucked. And then, Nia Jax. Say what you want about Nia Jax. I've always loved Nia Jax. I've always loved Nia Jax. Yeah, she's been stiff in the ring, but she's... She got it. She got the comedic parts of it. Um, even in NXT, I really liked her. Uh, one of the things I was hearing, hearing today about somebody commented, they never really booked her as that monster. And they're right. They really should have. They kind of flirted with her, but they never really did. And even when they did, she didn't fully, at least on the main roster. I would say in NXT, it was a, a better job, but they never really embraced it. And w- even when she was Shayna, with Shayna as a tag team, I mean, you had two monster heels, and they just booked them horribly. So, yeah, I, I hope all of them find green pastures. Who knows if Nia will wrestle again because she came up through WWE. Same thing with B-Fab. I'm not sure. She's not a, someone who's been on the independent circuit before she came in through the Performance Center. So, we'll be I'll be interested to see what happens to them. But for most of the rest of them, actually, really all of the wrestling, even Maria, she didn't come back to wrestling. Uh, seriously, she's going back. She's off doing a movie now, so it's like one of those things where eh, it's whatever. One check closes or one check uh, stops getting paid, the other one uh, comes up. So, yeah, I'm interested to see uh, where they go. I don't think, I can say I don't think, AEW has been scooping up people left and right, and there has to be a limit to how many people that Tony Khan could give contracts to. So, I don't see everybody getting a contract. What I am interested in seeing what happens, especially with Ring of Honor being closed for, well, it's not closed yet, but at least from January to April and how they re-involve themselves. I would love to see uh, Cross show up in NWA for a spell, um, personally, or even Lee. I think that, one, it would help them uh, just to really do some things. But also, I love the NWA and what Billy Corrigan is doing out there. And I think that either one of those two guys I'm showing up and really even just being there for a spell, not uh, going there to like be there for five months. But, you know, you be there for a couple a uh, couple power tapings in a pay-per-view, you know, have a good feud with Nick Aldis, uh, kind of what like they were doing before the pandemic and for the whole issues with Marty Scroll and how they were really building up that feud between Scroll and Aldis for the title, you know, and. I really think that once his current feud is over, bringing in one of those guys, one of those guys going there and really doing it would really do wonders 
for the promotion, elevating the promotion even more, as well as really elevating their stock as well. So that's my take on the WWE releases. Now let's get into the fragrance of the week. And this is a fragrance that I know I've talked about before, but I am not sure if I've actually featured it as one of the fragrances of the week and this fragrance is none other than Notting Hill by English Laundry and if it is or if I have done it as a fragrance of the week I'm getting old anyway this is so good I don't mind talking about it twice now this fragrance is described by English Laundry as a cultured musky masculine scent that hits the description of this scent on the nose let's get into the top notes they're going to be bergamot lemon and lime so you have this really robust citrus opening but don't let it fool you because it dives directly deep into mid notes of pepper and jasmine let me tell you that pepper is thick it's not an overpowering thing this is not one you want to heavy spray Trust me, especially this is an um, EDP concentration. You don't want a heavy spray in anyway, but this one is, it, it's a monster when it comes to projection and performance. So you, this is not a heavy sprayer, especially with the minerals of that pepper and jasmine, that pepper really kicks. And then you have your base notes of musk, sandalwood, cedar, and amber. That musk and that combination, that sandalwood, it, there's some grown man shit. That, 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 that's the best like my notes here this is the best way to describe it this clone this fragrance is some grown man shit you are not an 18 year old boy wearing this fragrance you have to be confident wearing this for you have to be mature to wear this fragrance it it is it is beautiful i don't know if i really said about too many fragrances on on this uh, platform before but it is a beautiful fragrance and it is one that you always get attention for and i think i've said before many times when it comes to my spouse she's always spoken about a fragrance smelling musky it smells musky and she's not a fan of it this one is musk no complaints whatsoever uh, this one and it's and it's hard to pin down from the english laundry line because there isn't one i don't like uh, i would say i used to say that Cambridge Night was my number two behind Oxford Blue. I really think that Notting Hill is my number two uh, just because of sheer performance and just how good it is and how unique it is for me um, in, in my collection. It may not be for some others collection. My collection, I have nothing that smells like uh, Notting Hill. And for the fall and the winter, it is perfect because this is a fragrance that's going to cut through the cold. This is a fragrance that's going to get you noticed in the cold and in the fall. There's nothing else I can say about this fragrance. I, I can gush over this fragrance is for another 10 minutes or so. But it is definitely a fragrance. If you don't have this fragrance and you're looking for uh, something that's a bit more masculine, a bit more cultured, this is definitely one to put on your list to buy. So with that, I'm going to stop talking about Notting Hill by English Laundry and get to the closing of this here episode. Again, thank you for rocking with me on another episode of the Sartorian Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where, of course, we talk about 
bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I have been your host, Webster Style. Feel free to find me on the web, on Instagram, at Webster Style, and at Sartorio and Geek. On Twitter, at Webster Style. Of course, at or on WebsterStyle.com or WebsterStyleMagazine.com. And drop me an email at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. And again, be safe out there and stay blessed. Baby, you see this? Nah, this is... Hold on. Never, I, I mean, I can change. I, I thought. Never mind. Forget. Forget. I'm a Jenny, Jenny, Miffinny, Muffinny, Finicky. When it comes to the killing spree, aka that's an ensemble. Are you the enemy if you're not defending the presence of Millie in the vicinity without a bow tie? Okay, I might have went over the edge. Besides, I really let them close on them legs. Some thighs need to get strong. We can lift them to the sky. The party's on to 12. We got a little time, time, time to get it on. Tuesday had to be bow tie Thursday. Had to be. White Wednesday? Uh, I don't. Well, I know last time.